blocks to help illustrate points in their sermons, or buckets, or water. And I've even seen one guy use kettlebells to illustrate something. I don't remember what he was illustrating, so I don't know how well it worked. Um, but my physical illustration that I brought today is these guys. Uh, and the reason that I brought them uh, is because they don't actually know that they would be here this morning. So this is actually a surprise to them that they're here uh, because they're on a mystery trip at the moment. So if you'd asked them yesterday where they were going to be today, they wouldn't have been able to tell you. So they're just as surprised to be here as you are that they're here. Everybody's surprised. Uh, so what they did uh, is they signed up for a couple of days away, not knowing where they were going or what they were doing, or whether they would sleep or where they would sleep, and they did get some sleep, which was a blessing. Uh, for all they know, they could have ended up in Tiana or Timaru or Mosgiel or Moa Flat. Uh, they basically paid me and then got in the van and away we went, which got me thinking, uh, if anyone came up to you on the street and made the same offer to you that I made to them, it would be really weird, <laughs> wouldn't it? Like, hey, you pay me $45, I've got activities and food and accommodation sorted, hop in my van, there... <laughs> There should be some alarm bells kind of going off in your mind. I'd be surprised if any of you actually accepted it, right? It's weird. But for whatever reason, these guys did. And this is what we're looking at today. There's a difference here, and I want to draw your attention to not only what they have done, uh, but, but really the experience that they've had over the past uh, day and a half, because it actually paints a really cool picture of the Christian life as a whole. And so my hope this morning uh, is that we can see how the Christian life is lived and then why the Christian life is actually lived that way. Does that make sense? So we're looking at one really simple verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, just verse 7. Uh, and it says this, For we walk by faith and not by sight. It's as simple as that. For we walk by faith and not by sight. If you've got an NIV version, that word walk will be translated as live. And I think they've kind of missed it there. Uh, everywhere else in the Bible, it gets translated as walk. And so the word that we're going to use today when we're talking about, man, what is our faith and how do we do it? We're going to use that word walk. So, uh, how is the Christian life lived? It's by walking by faith and not by sight. The first thing that we'll see, I'm talking too close to this. Sometimes when the sound guy goes like this, you got to stop. Um, <laughs> is that better, Nigel? All right, so we walk by faith. The first thing, really simple. I mean, we don't run by faith and we don't drive by faith. We walk by faith. This is a really slow, deliberate thing. All of you presumably did it when you walked in here today. You put one foot in front of the other one, and then you do it over and over and over. As Christians, what God is calling us to is actually really simple. He's calling us to trust and obey and trust and obey and do it day in and day out over and over and over again. He's not calling us to cartwheel by faith. He's not calling us to go walk on a high wire by faith or backflip by faith. It's not supposed to be this really, really difficult journey that he's calling us to. He's calling us to walk by faith. 
by faith mean you take one step right now. By definition, with this mystery trip, there's been quite a few things that they haven't seen coming or didn't know were coming, and there was a lot of guesses about where we would be and what we would do, and they were almost all wrong. If, if they had tried to work out what they were going to do beforehand, realistically, they just wouldn't have been able to. Uh, all they could do, really, is just take one more step right where they are and enjoy where they are. Right? The more time you spend thinking about what's down the road, you're actually missing what's happening in the moment. So all they could do, don't worry about the next activity, don't worry about where you're going to sleep in time. You'll know those things, but for right now, be present where you are. Do what you're able to do, and by faith, and take one more step. So think about it this way. When you're walking or when you're tramping, it's kind of a funny question, uh, but which step is the most important step? If you're going to stay on the path and if you're going to avoid injuring yourself, the most important step is not the one that you're going to take in an hour, right? You don't look up the mountain towards the dangerous cliff bit up there and think, man, that bit looks really tricky. I'm worried about how am I going to navigate that bit. And in the same way, the most, uh, the most important step is not the one that you're going to take sometime next year. Realistically, the most important step is the next one. If you're so busy thinking about the 50th step down the path or the cliff up ahead that you're worried about, uh, you're actually focusing on the wrong thing. You're going to potentially end up tripping up or twisting an ankle or, or wandering off the path altogether because you're focusing on the wrong thing. And the most important step is actually the very next one. Some of us potentially are so worried about a, a struggle that we think is coming in the future or a decision that we know is coming down the path uh, that we're looking at that step down the road and we miss the really simple steps of faith that we actually can take right now today by the grace of God. Listen to how Francis Chan puts it. I think a lot of us need to forget about God's will for my life. Sounds controversial, but hang with me. He says, I think a lot of us need to forget about God's will for my life. God cares more about our response to his spirit's leading today in this moment than about what we intend to do next year. And you could sub out struggles or anxiety. You could sub out a lot of stuff. And he goes on. In fact, the decisions that we make next year will be profoundly affected by the degree to which we submit to his leading right now. Can you see what he's saying? So often we're tempted to look 10 steps down the road or 50 steps down the road and say, man, how am I going to navigate that? Or what's going to happen there? But he's saying, look, God is faithful. He's given us everything we need to do to take one step today. And if you do that, you are staying on the path. And by the time you get to that thing that you're so worried about, You'll be okay. It's about one step at a time by faith. And I wonder if for you today, there are any areas in your heart or in your life where you're so focused on what you think is coming tomorrow 
that you've actually missed the simple steps of obedience and faith that you can take today. Man, don't worry about what next year will look like. Don't worry about how the kids that you're trying so hard to parent will turn out. Don't worry about when the struggle will end. And instead, you've got to ask, man, how can I, by faith, take one step today? Because that's what he's calling us to. And we walk one step at a time by faith. All right, so, so that's how we, uh, we walk one step at a time. And how do we walk? We walk by faith. And then we walk by faith because we don't know the details, right? So you walk, it's one step at a time. But you walk by faith because you don't know the details. We don't know everything life will throw at us. You don't know what opportunities will come your way or what opportunities you'll just blow you don't know what sicknesses or injuries or struggles lies around your corner, but here's what you do know, and this is so important. As Christians, we know who our leader is, and we definitely know our destination, and that makes all the difference. Again, think about what these guys have done. I hope that the reason that these guys signed up for this trip is because they know me and they know my heart, and they actually trust me, and, and trust me enough to get in the van, right? Uh, they know that I'm for them. They know that I would never intentionally put them in any situations where their safety's compromised. Uh, I hope they realize that I don't want to torture them, and I actually want to feed them and provide them with at least somewhere to sleep, even if it's a cold garage. <laughs> And if that's true about me as an imperfect man, how much more true is that about God for all of us as his kids? In Luke 12, 32, Jesus will say, Fear not, little flock, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And I think we've got to remember that God's heart is for you. He's actually an amazing leader, the best we could ever ask for. It's his pleasure to give you the kingdom. And that's not talking about an earthly kingdom. We've got to make that distinction. He's talking about a heavenly kingdom. So he's not promising that as our leader, he's going to make things, everything comfortable and easy here on earth. But what he is promising is that his heart is to give you something so much more valuable than that. And we've got to keep that in mind. I mean, he's for us. His pleasure is for us. So when the mystery trip of the Christian life takes you through some deep, dark valley or through some miserable, marshy swamp, when your feet hurt and when your boots are just full of water, when the temperature drops and when the cold wind blows and when the stinging rain comes. And don't look at your circumstances and doubt his heart for you. Instead, remember that he's already proven his heart for you and what he's done for Jesus. Man, he loves you. His heart is to give you the kingdom. Like we said, it's not about the circumstances. I mean, his heart is for us regardless of our circumstances. So we trust our leader, and then by faith we take another step. 
So we not only walk by, we not only walk one step at a time, we walk by faith and we do it because we know our leader, but the other piece is we know our destination. So as they climbed in the van yesterday morning, uh, really the only thing they knew for certain is that I would do my best to get them back home at roughly three o'clock this afternoon. That is like the one piece of concrete information they had, right? No matter what happened to them, however positive the experience was or however horrible the experience was, they knew that at 3 p.m. roughly they would be home. And as Christians, our hope is so much greater than anything that they had getting in that van yesterday. Uh, The first few verses of this chapter leading up to this particular verse are all about how our home is not here, our home is in heaven. That's where we belong, and by the grace of God, one day we will be there. And, And one day, man, we'll see that it actually is all worth it. So one of the classics from ancient literature is Homer's Odyssey. I don't know if you've ever heard the story, uh, but if you haven't heard the story, it picks up after the Trojan War, and all of these warriors are sailing home after the war. Uh, and the hero of the story is Odysseus, and he doesn't make it home from the war because his ship gets shipwrecked on, uh, by a storm. And so he ends up on this island far, far away from his home and far, far away from where he wants to be. Now, on this particular island where he got shipwrecked, there is everything that he could want. There's delicious food that will never, ever run out. There's all the drink and wine that he could ever ask for. There's even a beautiful woman who's absolutely desperate to marry him. And despite all of those things, he is miserable on that island. Why? Because it's not his home So, when the opportunity comes for him to leave that island and start the journey home, of course, he leaps at it. Now, essentially, as soon as he starts his journey home, it's a rough journey. Otherwise, the story would be really short. On the way home, he faces... He faces monsters and storms and deception. He faces mutiny and he faces temptation and he faces discouragement and ultimately death. It comes at a great cost both to him and to his crew. But at long last, eventually, he does reach the shores of Ithaca, his home. Now I have no doubt that if you sat down with him at the end of the story and you're like, man, you had to go through a lot to get home was it worth it like was it really worth it to go through all of that pain and all of that strife and all that trouble when you were on that perfectly good island back there was it really worth going through all of that just to get home and I have no doubt that he would answer you without missing a beat that every single moment of all of that pain was worth it because he is home in his land with his wife and his son. And look, as Christians, how much more are we going to be able to say that the first three seconds we get into heaven? We're confident because we know our destination and we know that one day we will be there. We'll be able to say the same. Man, it was all worth it. So remember, uh, as you trust your leader and take one step at a time by faith, remember that you know how your story ends 
And despite all the difficulties that you have faced and all the difficulties that you will face, it absolutely will be worth it. And we know this because of what Jesus has already done. I mean, think about it. He's proved that he is a trustworthy leader by laying down his life for us. And then in the Gospel of John, he'll say that he's secured our destination. And one day he'll come himself and take us there. Nothing is more certain than this. So, uh, how do we wrap up this morning? It seems like we kind of have a unique opportunity to be encouraged by each other's faith a little bit. And here's what I mean. No doubt that there's areas of your life um, where you have experienced things or are going through things in your life. I could use more faith or I'm struggling to trust him as a leader or I'm struggling to just find confidence in my destination what if we actually took some time and prayed for each other's faith this morning? I don't know if you noticed it, but in the beginning of the verse, it says that we walk by faith, not each one of us like individually. So all of us are on a journey. All of us have areas that we could grow our faith in or strengthen our faith in. Uh, and at the very least, all of these guys that are with me are getting to the end of high school and are thinking about what they're doing next year and where they're going. And if that's not a time where you can learn how to take a step by faith and trust God, I don't know what else is. So what if there's an opportunity for you guys to not only hear what they've been up to, but also pray for them, for their faith. And at the same time, I'm so confident that each and every one of these guys would be willing to pray for you. So what if it is a bit of a vulnerability thing where you can encourage them and maybe they can encourage you too? So my hope for all of you this morning uh, would be this. And may you know God and may you have an unshakable confidence in his heart for you. May you find hope in the fact that you know your destination and you know that it'll be worth it. And as a result, and may you take the simple steps of faith that you can take today and may you trust him with your tomorrow and with your eternity. Amen.